Hey, this is Wendell. Welcome to episode number three of the Open World Gaming Podcast. On today's show, we're going to take a look forward to 2016 at some of the really awesome open world games coming out this year. So on last episode, we took a look back at 2015, some of my favorite games. And a lot of people say 2015 was the year of the open world game. And I hope that trend continues into 2016. So there are a couple of games that I'm really looking forward to coming up this year. Uh, the first of them is Far Cry Primal. Now, I really love me some Far Cry 4. Played, uh, I don't know, maybe 60 or 80 hours of Far Cry 4. I did not beat Far Cry 4, but uh, I played a ton of it and really enjoyed it. And Far Cry Primal is apparently not a necessarily a um, successor. Well, it's not the next numbered Far Cry 5 in the Far Cry series. Uh, it's made on the same engine and with a lot of the same assets as Far Cry 4. And they did that to shorten the development cycle so they could get it out sooner. Now, I'm a little bit dubious about Far Cry Primal. It does look really cool. And again, it's based off of the Far Cry 4 game. But one thing they did away with, because it's primal caveman is there's no guns and i've said before you know i prefer to shoot something rather than stab it uh, but that being said i really did like the gameplay in far cry 4 so hopefully they can put together something compelling enough that'll keep me interested for another 60 or 80 hours another game i'm really looking forward to this year is horizon zero dawn but I'm a bit bummed because it's apparently coming out only on the PlayStation 4. Not on Xbox One and not on PC. Now I understand it not coming out on the Xbox One because it's a PlayStation exclusive game. But a lot of PlayStation exclusive games and Xbox ex exclusive games come out on PC. But apparently this one's not. I have not bought a PS4 yet. I really like the PlayStation ecosystem, but I do most of my gaming on PC. I don't know if Horizon Zero Dawn is going to make me buy a PS4, though, because it looks super rad. If you haven't seen it, it is another sort of, well, I was going to say caveman game. It's not really. Technically, it's uh, far future. Uh, supposed to, it, it is Earth set a thousand years in the future, but way post-apocalyptic where nature has taken over, uh, humans have left Earth because these giant robotic dinosaurs, although the devs don't want you to call them robot dinosaurs, but that's what they look like. These robotic dinosaurs have taken over the planet, and you play as um, this woman, uh, the main character, heroine of the story, and you can chase down these dinosaurs, kill them, and harvest them for um, materials to build. Uh, they're calling it an action RPG, open world. And all of that sounds really good to me. It sounds like the kind of thing I'd really be into. There's apparently a fairly deep crafting system, uh, obviously role-playing elements, leveling, open world elements. 
And the devs have promised no loading screens, which would be super exciting. So Horizon Zero Dawn is being developed by Guerrilla Games, which is a Sony-owned studio. And they're best known for the Killzone series. And apparently Horizon Zero Dawn is built on the same engine. And it was a challenge creating this open world game off of a shooter engine. But maybe because it's from a shooter engine, it'll have better gameplay, better shooting mechanics. I suppose we'll see. It's supposed to come out this summer. And I am super excited about it. And I'm contemplating buying a PS4 just for that game. So the game that I am most looking forward to, supposed to come out this summer, they've announced June, is from Hello Games, a little studio, but a huge game. I'm talking about No Man's Sky. If you haven't seen this, oh my goodness. Talk about an open world. This is literally an open universe. So in this game, you're a little guy with a little spaceship dropped on a planet. And there are a little Minecraft elements in it. Uh, you're supposed to go down to the planet. There's a lot of different things you can do, like Minecraft. You can just survive. You can mine for resources. You can uh, battle creatures that are on the worlds that you find. Uh, you can mine for resources and upgrade your ship and your boost drive to uh, be able to get to the next planet and the next planet and the next system. And apparently there's there's a system at work that's sort of driving you towards the center of the universe and they've hinted at a uh, sort of surprise or uh, maybe a present for reaching the center of the universe. They say you should be able to reach the center of the universe if that's what you're putting your energy towards in maybe 40 to 50 hours of gameplay. But this game is really interesting in that this is literally the biggest, biggest open world game that there's ever been. There are something on the order of quintillion planets, billions and billions and billions of star systems out there. And each star system has its own uh, planets, star, moons, and you can travel to each and every one. And they do this not by actually creating each and every star and each and every planet, uh, they would take billions of years to create that sort of game. But what they've done is very clever. They've used some procedurally generated uh, code to generate how each planet is supposed to look and what sort of life forms there are on that planet, if there is life. It's very interesting. And other games have used uh, procedurally generated worlds before. Uh, what a procedurally generated world is, is there's a, a little formula and based on some sort of random input, it outputs what the world is supposed to be like. And a lot of games use this to save on space uh, and they don't have to create everything. They have this little formula that sort of creates it as you go and as you explore. Now, the problem with that is every time you play... It's a different world because they'll use things like the time of day down to the nanosecond that you're exploring. Uh, 
your IP address or where in the world you are, all these sorts of different factors to determine, you know, these different factors are the inputs. And because the inputs are different, then the outputs are different. So everyone that, you know, travels through the procedurally gener generated world has a different experience. And in some sorts of games, that's good. That'll keep you engaged, keep you interested, and give replay value. But what the people at Hello Games wanted to do was to make this a sort of multiplayer experience as well. Not that you're necessarily forced into multiplayer, and it's certainly not anything like uh, Call of Duty multiplayer, but it is one huge, persistent world. And they wanted to do that because as you go to a planet, and let's say you d discover a species of bird, you get to claim that planet, name the planet, name the species of bird. And if then your buddy happens to find that same planet and he goes there, he finds that same bird, he's going to see that that planet was discovered by you and that species of bird was discovered by you. It's a really cool sort of asynchronous, uh, persistent world multiplayer aspect. But how do you do that with a procedurally generated world where it's different every single time? Well, the people at Hello Games who are developing this came up with a system of uh, procedurally generated uh, content. Form it's basically this huge algorithm that they feed in one number at the very beginning. And it's a, I think they said a 64-bit number. So a fairly large, complex number. But everyone's game gets fed the same input. Therefore, that formula will calculate the same for everyone on the output. So while you travel to some distant star system with a binary sun and eight different planets and 12 different moons, they didn't have to render all of that in-game. The algorithm renders it based on the algorithm and that one input. And because I have the same input on my game, and so does everyone else, if I go to those same coordinates, those same planets with the same suns and planets and moons and animal life and plant life, and planets and everything and the weather systems will all be the same for me as they were for you. So I thought that was a very clever, clever way to create a procedurally generated world, but that is persistent and the same for every single player. And of course, I have to mention here, there's been a lot of speculation. And at this point, it is still speculation. This is... uh Today's the 18th of January. So we've seen a couple of videos of No Man's Sky and uh, the devs have talked about it extensively, but there are, of course, still plenty of rumors running around. And one of those huge, huge rumors is that No Man's Sky, which is going to be available on the PlayStation 4 and the PC, the rumor is that No Man's Sky is going to be a PlayStation 
VR launch game. And that would be super exciting. And I certainly think that PlayStation VR needs something like No Man's Sky as a launch title, maybe even bundled in with it, if this PSVR is going to get off the ground. This is going to be a very, very expensive uh, peripheral. And that's what it is. It's a peripheral. You need a PS4 and you're going to need this PlayStation VR. And at this point, uh, Oculus Rift just announced their price at $600. PlayStation has not announced their price for the PSVR yet. But uh, I suspect that's going to come in somewhere around $400, uh, $400, It'd be really smart for Sony to come in significantly less than the Oculus Rift. But I don't think that they can go extremely low. I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, 200 or 250 or even $300 for PlayStation VR. But the technology that goes into making these VR headsets is still very, very expensive. And uh, I listened to something the other day that was talking about uh, PlayStation has been developing this VR since at least 2010. It's 2016 now. So that's coming up on six years of research and development Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars have gone into this. PlayStation may, sometimes they do, they may take a loss on each one just to get some out, but I don't think so. Uh, they're not looking at selling 10, 50, 100 million units of this. They, they know that it's not going to sell that well. They're going to be very, very happy, I think, to sell 1 million in the first year. That's going to be very, very successful for PSVR. And really, what's the difference between if it costs them $400 to make each unit, they can sell it at $450, make a $50 profit, and they're still significantly less than the Oculus Rift. Now, yeah, they could sell it for 300 bucks, but now they're taking a hundred dollar loss on every one. And if they sell a million, they've lost a hundred million dollars in the first year of PSVR. I don't think Sony's going to do that. The difference for them between $300 and 450 is an incredible loss versus a nice gain. And realistically, I think as long as PSVR comes in at least $100 less than the Oculus Rift, which the Oculus was announced to be $600, so as long as they're anywhere under $500, I think they'll be okay. If this game, if, if this VR system is going to be, let's say, $400 or $450, I think that a really, really smart move for Sony is going to be to bundle in not some cheesy uh, 
game, uh, tech demo. Uh, I, I don't really want to see bundled in with PSVR something like, uh, Wii Sports or, um, just some little tech demo swimming underwater or something. What they need is put in the box with PlayStation VR for $400 or $450 a game, a compelling, meaty, 100-hour-long game like No Man's Sky. Now, Hello Games that's developing No Man's Sky is a small studio. Sony could very easily, and I'm sure this is already... If this happened, this happened a long time ago, but Sony's the kind of company that can come into a small studio like Hello Games and say, look, we're developing this thing, this VR. We want a compelling launch game. We're thinking about launching in summer, you know, or 2016. I think PSVR was supposed to come out already, but I think that they're waiting for No Man's Sky. Uh, so No Man's Sky, they, they tell them, look, we want your game as a launch game for PSVR and we'll pay you for it and we're going to bundle it in and give it away. And I think that that would be a real boon for Hello Games and PlayStation VR to give it sort of a, a leg up and give, give people a game with this thing that they can play for hundreds and hundreds of hours, that's going to be absolutely gorgeous and compelling. And I really think that's what PSVR needs. Now we got off a topic a little bit here. But yeah, I'm super excited about No Man's Sky. All this talk about VR, uh, I don't think there's any chance at all that uh, No Man's Sky is going to be VR only. Uh, it is coming to PC as well. And there is going to be the Oculus Rift that you can use with your PC. But I think there's going to be a... Not necessarily a different version, but uh, a sort of normal mode and a VR mode. I think that uh, No Man's Sky is going to also work with the Oculus Rift, but I think it's going to be a different mode that you boot into when you boot up the game. So anyways, I am super excited about No Man's Sky Looking forward to that coming out. It's supposed to come out, I think, June. Uh, they haven't given an exact date, but uh, coming out this summer. And that's one to keep our eyes on. One other thing that I wanted to give a mention to was the new Star Wars game. Um, I'm not talking about Battlefront. Uh, Battlefront just came out a couple of months ago. Star Wars, first-person shooter, sort of casual multiplayer Star Wars uh, shooter. I haven't played that. Uh, I'm not super big on to uh, multiplayer shooters, but I'm talking about the other Star Wars game. If you remember, uh, Amy Hennig was the uh, creative director on uh, Uncharted 4, and she left Naughty Dog, and it was a big stink maybe, uh, I guess, a year and a half ago. Uh, she went and was immediately snapped up by Visceral Game Studio. And Visceral is supposed to be working on a new Star Wars IP. Now, Amy Hennig's sort of bread and butter is 
not necessarily open world, but she did all of the Uncharted games. Uh, she's a fantastic writer, a fantastic game developer, and really good at storytelling. Now, here's my hope, and I don't have a lot of information, but uh, my hope is, and this would be so good, a an open world action RPG in the Star Wars universe. Directed by Amy Hennig. Maybe can get uh, really good uh, voice acting talent. I'm not even sure who I would want in there. But uh, a gorgeous, let's say, uh, Witcher 3 looking Star Wars universe. Where you have multiple planets. Uh, you have a good story leading you along. And uh, open world role playing. Man... I get really excited when I think about that. Now, I don't know that that's what they're doing over there, but uh, Visceral, yeah, Visceral Games and Amy Hennig working on something with a Star Wars license. So super excited about that. Yeah, so that's what I'm looking forward to in 2016 so far. Uh, not a whole lot else has been announced. I know there was a Mafia game announced. Uh, I played one of the Mafia games a long time ago, and... While interesting at the time because it was a an open world game when there weren't a ton of them, they never really kept me terribly uh, you know interested for too long. So we'll see. Maybe I'll pick up the new Mafia game and see how that goes. The other thing I wanted to ask you guys is there's been a lot of talk about the year of open world game and there are too many games with open world elements. And my question to you guys this week is, is that really an issue? Are you tired of open world games? Would you rather a game be on rails or funnel you down corridors? Now that works well for some game types, but for a lot of game types, I think opening up the world and giving the player choice is a fantastic design decision. So I want to hear from you guys. What do you think about all the open world elements in games that didn't used to have open world elements? And are you getting fatigued on open world games? Do you want them to get smaller? Would you rather be shuffled down corridors? Or would you rather just have an open world that you can go explore? So come over to the Facebook group. That's facebook.com slash groups slash open world gaming. And let me know in there. Come by the website. That's OWG Podcast. And make sure you subscribe. And you can also come find me on Twitter. That's at Wendell is Winning. So for Open World Gaming, I'm Wendell. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Music by Canton Becker. Go check him out at cantonbecker.com.